You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. I'll let you in on a little secret. And, and I mean that. Don't tell my parents. I'm a customer. I know. Big surprise. Do you need a second? You want to get yourself a paper bag? Should have told you that in the description. Anyways, what's actually a big surprise is that as I'm learning the ins and outs of e-commerce, a lot of what I've been discovering through my search for knowledge has made me look back on the last couple of years and see a lot of what I'm learning has been used, well, on me. What I've got prepared for you today is a list of experiences that I've had ordering online. Some businesses I suspect are drop shipped. Some I suspect are run entirely by robots. So for those of you eager to hear from a customer's perspective, I have a lot of that that I can share with you. Fun tip, before we start, I needed to look on my order history for this episode. And I say most of my emails. So if you get to my point and you have lots of orders on your email, type in your order using quotes on both sides, and I guarantee you will find more than 90% since the copy is so effective. First up, we have Mantis Sleep, a sleep mask. I'm going to start with one that I found set a standard for a quality e-com experience. Uh, so much so that I don't really think of it as an e-commerce platform, but a fully realized brand, and that is Mantis Sleep. Before discovering Mantis Sleep, I was using a low-quality sleep mask I picked up from my local drugstore. And I think it's a good idea. If I'm not sure about how something will work, uh, I should purchase a cheap one to see if it's a good fit before committing to a more expensive purchase. Well, after two weeks of waking it up with it having slipped off my face and then under my bed, I looked up sleep masks online and Mantis Sleep was the top hit. Not to discredit advertising, but for me, if something is truly something I am in need of, I'm going to go hunt for it. My girlfriend and I go shopping a lot, not as much since COVID, but we do when we can. And I have to say, I can't recall ever seeing a sleep mask of comparable quality in stores. I could be proven wrong, but I don't think I will be. I've had a Manta sleep mask for almost a year, and even though I bought just one that I routinely wash, the company has thoroughly ensured my purchase would deliver value. The company obviously cares very deeply about sleep, and it's a topic that pretty much anybody can participate in. I receive regular emails from their newsletter offering tips and advice on how to improve my lifestyle, and it makes me feel like that I didn't just buy the product, but I invested in them as well. Uh, their website even contains a blog, so if I haven't bought anything, they're still providing that value. Some small details about the product. Uh, it uses foam cups that can be replaced as they attach via Velcro, uh, which means that the product is highly versatile. And replacement just means I have to use a different or even possibly upgraded cup while I can keep the brace the same. In other words, it's well thought out. It came with a travel pouch and earplugs as well. Okay, so earplugs, they have a limited use. And I've even gone online to see if I can find a high quality earplug that I'd be willing to buy. Uh, but because they're something that I'd have to reorder, I opted instead to get a big box of cheap ones from the drugstore. Uh, more on that reordering bit later, by the way. During the checkout process, that's when upsells occurred. And I didn't know that they were going to do any upselling. It didn't occur to me that they were going to sell any other products. 
So that was their chance to introduce me to the other product line, uh, one of which I bought, the others I did not. Uh, the one I bought were freezable eye cups that are used to relieve stress. Here's the thing. I've used those cups two to three times since I got them, but I use the mask itself almost every night except this one Tuesday where I've completely forgot about it. The takeaway from my perspective is that it's one thing to have a product so integral to my lifestyle I can't not use it versus a tertiary add-on that I have to develop the habit of using. And I don't really blame the company for this at all, by the way. This is something that I have to deal with personally. But for those of you wondering, well, we're doing everything we can. We're sending them information. We're uh, offering them other products that would really be a benefit to them. If you can figure out a way to get people out of their habits, good luck, because you've probably struck gold. The bottom line is, as a customer, you can count on me to order my next one from there. You can count on me to order it for others if I want them to have it as a gift. But you can't count on me to read every article or participate in the community. And as I said, getting customers to form new habits around your brand is the hardest task there is. And that is my opinion. You're free to disagree. Next up is Brickhouse Nutrition and their product, Field of Greens and Dawn to Dusk. Uh, this is one of the first products that I ordered online within this recent window of about two to three years when I became a much more frequent uh, online customer. Uh, and it was promoted through a podcast that I listen to regularly. And as a podcast listener myself, there's this vanguard of products that I know intrinsically because of podcasting, uh, Casper Mattress, Quip, which is also going to be in this episode, emergency food containers. Am <laughs> I glad I skipped that one? Yeah, I don't regret that one bit. As with Mattress Sleep, this is a premium level brand. They got a blog, a newsletter, and an array of products that I might want to look into. Uh, the one that I got in particular, Field of Greens, was liked by myself and by my girlfriend. We, what, what I found is that while they have a generous rewards program, it's still difficult to budget out. It's, it's, it's expensive. It's good quality. But when I look at of the price range of $70 to $100, I think I can put this money down on something that I can keep for a long time, possibly for life. Or I can put this money down on something that I could burn through in a week if, I'm, if I don't exercise any restraint. So whereas when I could go to a grocery store, there's only so many products that are competing for my attention. But online, everything is fair game. I will say it has definitely been a motivator to improve my own financial situation so that I don't have to worry so much about this because it's not a it's not soda, like it's not candy. It's it's something that would be a massive benefit to my life. And then I also ordered uh Dawn to Dusk, which is an energy pill, and I don't even I don't even think I I unsealed it. I've I've never taken one. And again, this comes back to the habit problem. The habit that I have is that I wake up every day and either there's a cup of coffee ready for me or I take a few moments and I make it myself. And it's hard to compete with coffee. It's effective and it's also pleasurable. For those reasons, it's a very difficult habit to kick. The other issue, I suppose, is having to order or subscribe to products online. My self-prediction for how I think this is going to change in the future is that I think in time, I'm going to even need to start ordering my groceries online versus what I'm doing now. 
So once I get into that habit, once online ordering becomes that routine in my lifestyle, then the concept of ordering consumables on a routine basis seems a lot more palatable. All right, next up is Suru, and their product is Moldable Glue. Okay, so this one I discovered on my own. As a tech hobbyist, I encounter a lot of exposed wires. And let me, let me tell you something, it scares me to see them. And what I found is the mission statement of Suru lined up with my own mentality of, I don't want to throw this away, I want to fix it. Incidentally, I was having a pretty hard time fixing my problem with just electrical tape. And then I learned later on that I was just using poor quality electrical tape, but you know, it's a different story. So I was searching online for ways to fix exposed wires and Suru was one of the top hits on a blog about this very subject. The demand is there and Suru is the supply. It is a fine product. I needed a bit of a learning curve, but I can see myself using it again. The brand itself is genuine with the founder's story on full display. I don't get the sense its relevancy on search engines is artificial as it's clearly a labor of love and they've been promoted in magazines and online and lots of people love talking about it. So that is a sign that genuine enthusiasm for their product will boost your presence online. Next up is one compress with their product compression gloves. There's two parts of my body I worry about over usage. It's my eyes and my hands. Uh, being a computer age nerd, I am on my screens a lot and I am typing constantly. Uh, I have experienced aches in my hand for certain. And when I went to the doctor, my doctor just says, maybe you should use your hands less, which is not always negotiable. So most computers have built-in blue light blocking now, uh, but what they don't have is built-in hand compression. Same thing with the sleep mask. Uh, I tried to find a cheap pair at the drugstore just to see how it works. And then after I accidentally torched them by trying to dry them near my space heater, I went with these. Now I'm pretty passionate about proper hand care and I strongly recommend any regular computer user, which is, you know, most of us, to consider getting a pair as well to minimize hand pain. You're gonna look a little silly, but so what? You wanna be able to use your hands in the long run, I think. So my overall experience with One Compress was about average. Uh, I wasn't disappointed at all, uh, but I also wasn't blown away. Most of the content on the website relies on user reviews, uh, satisfied customers who take photos of them wearing the gloves. Uh, no newsletter or blog, at least none that I can find, which is fine, as those things are tertiary. Uh, but I could say it's a missed opportunity since the people wearing these gloves probably have a lot in common. The other critique, and keep in mind, this was a year ago almost, was the minimal packaging. Uh, there was no branded wrapping the envelope was nondescript. There was no card or mission statement from anybody in the company, which again, it's all fine. And what's interesting is that like with Mantis Sleep, once I'm ready to get another pair, I'll probably be ordering from then again. But unlike with Mantis Sleep, I'm not convinced 100% that these are the be all end all. I'm not even convinced that they're the only company selling this exact product. So I could see myself looking around first for any competition before I go back. Okay. Next up, we have DeskLab, a 1080p portable monitor. They mainly market the 4K one, but I haven't made that jump yet. So I went with 1080p. I'm a little fired up over this one because out of everything here, this is the most expensive of the bunch by far. And so far it's also caused me the most grief. I've wanted a touchscreen monitor for years. I do a number of visual projects involving animation. I also do audio editing as a freelancer. I'm no stranger to 
the world of podcasting, and I've grown used to my graphics tablet for editing. I have a Wacom graphics tablet, pen, pad, and I use that to do the fine editing. It's unusual, but I found it to be quite effective. The idea of being able to do all of these things and more from a stylus directly to monitor is indicative of my own forward thinking, as we've been rapidly moving towards this technology with smartphones, tablets, and two-in-one surface PCs. Desk Lab, after a successful Kickstarter campaign, is currently advertising the product and the advertisements, I'm telling you, they are coming in fast and furious. I would not be surprised if a lot of you have seen this. Many customers, however, are not pleased with the company at the moment, and you can count on me as one of them. When I got mine in the mail, they neglected to include the adapter, and therefore I haven't been able to use it, and it's been a week as of this recording. I have contacted support twice, as well as I posted a comment publicly, and so far I haven't gotten any feedback from the company. Others have it worse, by the way. They've been waiting longer, and they haven't even gotten their monitor yet. Okay, as a customer, this is where it starts to feel offensive. Every day I go on, and I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Instagram, and I Try not to stay too long on them because they can get addictive. And the advertising is still going strong and they're continuing to entice new customers to buy. But there isn't evidence of equal value in supporting customers who've already signed on. One thing that any good company understands is that nurturing is as important as networking. And my opinion of the company rapidly deteriorates. This goes back to my philosophy about trying it cheap from the drugstore first before investing in an expensive one. The monitor wasn't cheap, but there are more expensive options out there as well. I want to use this to find out whether or not the touchscreen monitor really was as good as I pictured it, and I seriously regret not doing more research on this subject. I really do. Next up, we got IQ Shield, their screen protector. Okay, this is another Amazon discovery. Uh, I was on the lookout for a screen protector, and not having done thorough research on what I ordered from these guys, I was in for a few surprises, Mostly pleasant ones. The first was that the application process was more nuanced than I expected. It came with a solution that was some water, some electronic-friendly soap, uh, and I had to spray the material before I applied it. I ended up doing a terrible job. I used up all the material, and there was constant dust. I threw it all out in a fit. Customer service, presumably having dealt with this before, were courteous enough to send me a whole new package, as well as gently remind me to check the instructions online, which I did. I have to say, I was delighted that they would send another one completely free, but I didn't mention that in my public review because I didn't want to encourage other users to take advantage of their generosity. It's a tricky scenario. If it was a customer's fault, would it be fair to offer a second one at cost rather than give it for free? Imagine if I lied and said it didn't work, I'd get a second one I could just save for later. But all that said, the shield works amazingly well and the company deserves a worthy shout out. Next up, we've got Quip and their electric toothbrush. Quip is the first product I ordered online since I became a mark. Yeah, I mean a customer. And it came from a few motivations. One was to support the podcast I was a regular listener of. The other was that having had braces, there is this permanent metal retainer on the bottom half of my tooth array. Somehow I, I don't think that's an official term. Well, there's, there's, there's metal down there and it is a magnet for food. So I decided for my own sake, I need something better than a regular toothbrush between dental visits. Sponsorships are a great system too, by the way. I get a product I can use. I get to support two operations instead of one. 
It's a kind of collaborative commerce where everyone wins. Quip is another premium brand. They're right up there with the big guys on this episode. They sell a fine product with great supplemental products. I get new brushes every three months in the mail, but I stretch them out a little bit longer than that personally, just to get a little bit more value. The package is custom designed. And for a while, uh, so were the batteries. They they had Quip on the on the battery. Uh, and then they stopped doing that. I, I, can, I am sure it just wasn't worth the cost. And... If I had to initially start receiving just, you know, Energizer batteries or whatever it is they use, I wouldn't have thought, you know, I really think it'd be really cool if these ones said Quip on them. Like, I, I wouldn't care. But I don't think it reflects 100% well on the company to have had it branded at one point and then to go back on that. Uh, there is one other downside, which I have talked to the company about, is that between the packages, uh, this plastic container that the replacement brushes come in, and the brushes themselves, it does feel a little wasteful. Uh, my solution was to hold on to the old brush heads in case I needed to do any household cleaning with them before I dispose of them once and for all. I'll also say, I, for I forgot to take it with me one time, and so I had to use a regular toothbrush. It makes a massive difference to have an electric toothbrush. Quip, you're welcome. What's ironic is I don't even listen to the podcast anymore, but my subscription to the toothbrush has a lot more staying power since I still have teeth. All right, next up, we have Little Style Shop with their uh, posture correction. I wasn't expecting to have to do a eulogy for this episode, but when I looked up Little Style Shop to discuss my experience with ordering the posture correction device, I regret to say that their last Facebook post is from May 2020, and the website is currently inaccessible. Out of curiosity, I scrolled through the timeline on the still accessible Facebook page, and I went back an entire year to June 2019, and I didn't see any posts about the products they were selling, just memes. Granted, these memes were dank, but still, just memes. The posture corrector, that's it, if you're thinking of getting one, it's helpful. Um, I, I don't have the best posture, but like I was mentioning earlier about habits, you can't count on this to fix it for you. It's going to take your own willpower to do it, but this does help. All right. Uh, also in the uh, rest in peace part of this podcast, we have Optima Artifact and their push-up pad. As I've said a lot, it's hard to form new habits, uh, but I was hoping that ordering a board designed to help me do push-ups would turn me into a regular user. And it was close. I'm not an athlete. You probably worked that part out yourself, but even... 10 push-ups a day add up. What I found was more motivating was seeing videos on YouTube on how to do one correctly. The company, Optimal Artifact, are, like I said, they're also defunct, such as life. Uh, and also, if you're interested in the product, I don't see this being an original creation of theirs. So if you just look up push-up board, there's plenty of options out there and you'll see a variety of them as well. So go nuts. Next up, we've got Uber Eats, and it's, well, it's multiple things. It's food, but the crux of the story is about bubble tea. I'm a big fan of bubble tea. Now, I figure most of you have already had an experience with either Uber Eats or one of the other uh, 62 food delivery apps. So my story here is a little less the details you probably know of and more about time and place. Around March, when we went into full COVID lockdown, 
and not to brag, but I was a little ahead of the curve being laid off in January for completely unrelated reasons. So yeah, pretty proud of myself for that one. Anyways, my girlfriend and I decided to have our pre-planned date at my house. Uh, I paid for the food, and she paid for the bubble tea. Our meal arrived, no problem. The driver dropped the food off in front of my house, rang the doorbell, and then booked it back into this car, all according to instructions. The driver, who delivered the bubble tea, however, dropped it off at a neighbor's house, and there was no confirmation on our end. We had to figure this out for ourselves. My girlfriend, being the brave one of the two of us, runs out of the house to find the tea before someone else takes it. And not to take the COVID situation lightly, but you might say she risked her life to go get it. A week and a half later, my craving comes back, and I decide to order one for myself. And I'm worried that there's this, like, window of error where if, say, like, I don't get the door or I don't look at my app, all of a sudden it's just going to go poof, and then I'm not going to get my drink. So I was watching the app like a hawk. I'm watching the car go down the street, turn, very nearly reach my area, and then the order was canceled. The driver couldn't find my house. Now, you, you know... If he had, I don't know, called me, <laughs> maybe, maybe that uh, would have helped. Uh, and so I presume that that drink either went to waste or the driver was so enticed by that bubble tea, he said, you know, screw it. I'm just going to have it. The point here is that when demand shot through the roof, the structure was evidently having some issues keeping up. Uber was forced to scale past what they anticipated. And as a result, a lot more orders started coming through. I acknowledge that my incidents are anecdotal, but I am curious to know if other people met with the same issues. Nowadays, uh, I have said that I will be ordering bubble tea again in the future, even when I, you know, can go outside. But at full price, without discount, and if I decide to be a decent human being and tip favorably, I'm looking at about 20 bucks Canadian to order this. So with that in mind, it has helped me keep my craving at bay. All right, last on this list, we have Let's Be Compelling and their heated man brush. You heard what I said about Desk Lab, and I think you can understand where my frustration comes from. You know, if I paid 50 bucks for that thing, well, whatever, I'd take it easy. But I didn't pay 50 bucks. I paid a lot more than that. As a general rule, I don't want to rip into things or really trash something on air. In my history, I've been on the receiving end of that, and it doesn't feel good. That said... I had to make that statement because the heat and man brush from Let's Be Compelling fell way below my standards of an acceptable purchase. Advertising was okay, whatever. But I noticed as I would scroll through my Facebook feed that there were other brands also selling either this product or something similar to it. The competition was fierce for about a month and then it just dried up. I don't know what it, what it was about the first two weeks of this. Oh, actually Christmas. That makes sense. Anyways. I already got the sense that there were loose ends in need of tying up in this business operation, but my hair was pretty long, so I went for it. The way this is supposed to work is that the brush heats up, and then I can run it through my hair, and it straightens while also, uh, you know, combing it. First time, it took about five minutes to warm up, and then I realized that it was the 10-minute mark where it's actually supposed to be the optimal heat setting. And by the third time I tried to use it, the product had just broken down completely. The entire package was damaged on arrival. Uh, it had no indication of being a part of the brand. And the instructions were very poorly translated into English. I'll let some translation issues slide because I understand you're selling to a lot of markets and there's a lot of languages involved. 
but this was this was too much. It it would it would be mean of me to read it out, so I'm not going to do that. Now, to be fair, on my side, I didn't contact customer support because, frankly, I didn't see the point. I just got a haircut. All right, so that is my first list. Probably won't be the last because I see myself buying more things online in the future. So do you have any experiences similar to this? Do you want to weigh in on a product experience that went well for you, went poorly? You're welcome to let us know. You can contact podcast at debutify.com and let me know your thoughts. Also, we're not sponsored by anybody here, especially not Desklab. You might have found this show on any number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next. Next.